0: This morning, morning, morning was before six. We're in the morning, the morning, the morning, not moaning. It's April, April 28th, 2022. The month is almost over. Wow, well, Biden asked Congress for $33 billion in Ukraine aid new powers to seize Russian oligarchs' assets. This is interesting. Alright. Lord, just beam me up before they start trying to bomb us. That's all I ask. Oh, man, I don't know how people during World War One and World War Two endured that crazy world that they lived in, just filled with chaos, and, and Europe, all the bombing that went on. Man, the United States, we never really had to deal with anything like that other than Pearl Harbor and 9-11. All right. Perplexity About God's Promises A Mask of Ethan, the Ezraite I will sing about the Lord's faithful love forever. I will proclaim your faithfulness to all generations with my mouth. For I will declare faithful love is built up forever. You establish your faithfulness in the heavens. The Lord said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn an oath to David, my servant. I will establish your offspring forever. And build up your throne for all generations. Lord, the heavens praise your wonders. Your faithfulness also in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies can compare with the Lord? Who among the heavenly heavenly beings is like the Lord? God is greatly feared in the council of the holy ones. More awe-inspiring than all who surround him. Lord God of armies, who is strong like you, Lord? Your faithfulness surrounds you, you rule the raging sea when its waves surge, you steal them. You crushed Rahab like one who is slain, you scattered your enemies with your powerful arm. you your the heavens are yours, the earth also is yours. The world and everything in it you founded them. North and south you created them. Tabor and Hermon shout for joy at your name. You have a mighty arm. Your hand is powerful. Your right hand is lifted high. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Faithful love and truth go before you. Happy are the people who know the joyful shout. Lord, they walk in the light from your face. They rejoice in your name all day long, and they are exalted by your righteousness, for you are their magnificent strength. By your favor, our horn is exalted. Surely our shield belongs to the Lord, or the king. Surely the king belongs to the Lord, our king, to the Holy One of Israel. You once spoke in a vision to your faithful ones and said, I have granted help to a warrior. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found David, my servant. I have anointed him with my sacred oil. My hand will always be with him and my arm will strengthen him. The enemy will not oppress him. The wicked will not afflict him. I will crush his foes before him and strike those who hate him. My faithful, my faithfulness and love will be with him. And through my name, his horn will be exalted. I will extend his power to the sea. In his right hand to the rivers, he will call to me. You are my father, my God, the rock of my salvation. I will also make him my firstborn, greatest of the kings of the earth. Uh, My brother and I, we talk a lot about how it kind of sucks for the firstborns. In the Bible, the oldest child, just look at story after story. Look at Esau. Look at, uh, we talked about... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, Jacob and Esau. Esau was the older one. Look at, um, Ephraim and Manasseh. Manasseh was the older one. But Ephraim got the blessing. Same thing with uh, Jacob. He stole the blessing and the birthright from his older brother. Look at Cain and Abel. Um... I need to write that down, Ephraim, and Manasseh, um, who else, all throughout the Bible, favor was on the younger brother, I don't know why God made it that way, it just the way it is, um, Joseph wasn't the oldest, David was like the seventh oldest, He's like the one of the younger brothers. I can't remember where he was. I don't think he was the youngest, but he was like the seventh youngest. Same thing with Joseph. He wasn't the youngest, but he was like close to the bottom of the pact of all the... I think it was there, 12 brothers. Because that's where the 12 tribes of Israel come from. I don't know. I gotta go back and read that. Listen, Joseph wasn't the oldest, though but God's favor was on Joseph. And I also wrote in here, there was a curse on the firstborn in uh, Exodus. (sighs) That's interesting. When they tried to kill, they tried to kill Moses. The babies around the time Moses was born and when Jesus was born. They put the, whoever's in power at the time, put out these edicts to kill the firstborn. I had somebody in my, when I was working with the youth, this lady was saying that she believes the devil often comes after the firstborn because they're the leader of the family. Usually the younger siblings follow whatever the oldest sibling is doing. They look up to the older sibling. So if the devil can get the older sibling making dumb decisions and um, just completely disobeying God, then the younger siblings will usually follow whatever they see their older sibling do more. So then they'll listen to their older sibling more than they will their parents. So that was an interesting thought anyway. So, yeah, it's good to pray over. When you have kids, it's really especially good to pray over your oldest child. Like, you should pray over all your children, but definitely, like, really go to war in spiritual warfare and prayer over your oldest child. Speaking to myself, I need to do that more for my oldest daughter, Leah. I need to pray for my kids more just in general. Uh, Like, specific prayers. All right, I will also make him my firstborn, greatest of the kings of the earth. I will always preserve my faithful love for him, and my covenant with him will endure. Now, if you don't see Jesus, 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 all throughout this passage, then I encourage you to go read some commentary about Psalm 89, because Jesus, this is pretty much all talking about Jesus. I will establish his line forever, his throne as long as heaven last, if his sons abandon my instruction and do not live by my ordinances, if they dishonor my statutes and do not keep my commands, then I will call their rebellion to account with the rod their iniquity, iniquity with blows, but I will not withdraw my faithful love from him or betray my faithfulness. I have a note here, it says, I wrote in here, it says, this is us, like, this is how God deals with us. He has a way of disciplining us, but he's he won't this is almost an argument for I'll put um complete salvation or once saved always saved. There's this whole debate in the church between denominations and within denominations about whether or not people can lose their salvation. And here's a good argument for why I personally feel like you can't, it's impossible because how you can't the salvation is not based on your works or your efforts. Once you accept Jesus Christ in your heart as your Lord and your Savior, and just like it says in um in Romans uh, to thirteen, that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And um, when it says, uh, "If you believe in your heart, um, confess with your mouth, and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, um, you will be saved." For by your, I always forget Romans. <laughs> I struggle with that part in Romans ten nine. Basically, just talking about, like, salvation comes from a confession and a believing in your heart. And once you've confessed and believed in your heart, you can't lose that. It's like you're born again. It's like being, un- can you be unborn again? It's, yeah, now you can experience the consequences of bad choices and sinful choices and not act like a child of God as someone who's been adopted to the family um anyway I look forward to reading those scriptures um All right, let's keep going. My bad, I was just thinking about something. But I will not withdraw my faithful love from him or betray my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or change what my lips have said. Once and for all, I have sworn an oath by my holiness. I will not lie to David. His offspring will continue forever. His throne like the sun before me, like the moon established forever, a faithful witness in the sky. Selah. But you have spurned and rejected him. You have become enraged with your anointed. You have repudiated the covenant with your servant. You have completely dishonored his crown. You have broken down all his walls. You have reduced his fortified cities to ruins. All who pass by plunder him. He has become an object of ridicule to his neighbors. You have lifted high the right hand of his foes. You have made all his enemies rejoice. You have also turned back his sharp sword. And have not let him stand in battle, you have made his splendour cease, or his, made him obscure, <clears throat> and have overturned his throne. You have shortened the days of his youth. You have covered him with shame. How long, Lord, will you hide forever? Will your anger keep burning like fire? Remember how short my life is. Have you created everyone for nothing? What courageous person can live and never see death? Who can save himself from the power of Sheol or the place of the dead? Lord, where are the former acts of your faithful love? I keep forgetting the Say Selah. Lord, where are the former acts of your faithful love that you swore to David in your faithfulness? The psalmist is reminding God of his promises here. Remember, Lord, the ridicule against your servants. In my heart, I carry abuse from all the peoples. How your enemies have ridiculed, Lord, how they have ridiculed every step of your anointed. Blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. Or so be it, and so be it. Read these Tony Evans notes, and then I'll say a prayer for my heart. All right. This was not fulfilled by an eternal succession of Davidic kings, but by one Davidic king who lives forever—the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ. Go see Second Samuel seven one through nineteen and Acts two twenty nine through thirty six. He will reign from David's throne in Jerusalem in his millennial kingdom. Go see Revelation twenty forty. Though the sons of David would prove unfaithful in their role as kings, this son of David will never fail. My pastor has brought this up several times, and I brought it up several times as well. I love when the Bible says "son of David" because it's like or "lion of Judah." Because go read some of the things that David did and some of the things that Judah did back in Genesis 38. And it's almost as though, like, think of somebody... The best analogy I can use is, like, Bill Cosby. <laughs> Growing up, everybody loved The Cosby Show. Bill was this great public figure. He spoke out about, like, how... importance of morals and you know people just doing the right thing and advancing the culture of black people you know there's so much i could say about this a lot of people looked up to him as this like ideal dad a lot of people said they wanted a dad like him growing up you know people who didn't have dads especially in black neighborhoods and culture um even if you had a dad, a lot of people wish they had a dad like Bill Cosby or Cliff on the Cosby show. And when the whole scandal came out about him and the quaaludes or the drugging of women or whatever, and I don't know all the details, but I believe he's still in prison right now. Or I don't know. Anyway, when he had his fall from grace, all of a sudden, like nobody wanted to be associated with him. A lot of people are like, man, I can't even watch the Cosby show anymore without thinking of that. You could equate some of the things that David did or that Judah did, but especially David with him sleeping with Bathsheba and having her, her husband killed in battle and then trying to cover it up because the cover up is always worse than the crime. In modern day society, we would call David a disgrace. No one would want to have anything to do with him. But the fact that the Bible says that Jesus is the son of David, a man of scorn and disgrace. In modern day society, we would be like, what? That dude? The son of David? Anyway. Anyway. And that's who the Messiah is going to come through? Anyway, I hope y'all are getting the magnitude of what I'm saying. So my main point is, no matter what you've done, no matter how jacked up your past may be or what people may say to you about you or... yeah, you know, Jesus still has a plan for you and... He does not mind being associated with you. Even though humans... May struggle to be around you and have their walls up in reservations. I'm dealing with that right now with a personal matter um, I can't really go into a whole lot of detail, but I struggle with that at times where I'm like you can forget the things that you've done in your past, and um you wouldn't want anybody judging you for the things that you did in your past. But it's so easily easy to like judge other people, and not want to be associated with them. Um Yeah, it's yeah, and I admit that that's something I do struggle with. Or this, it's a lot of it's based on fear, being like, "Well, like I know what I did, but I." went and do some of the things that that person has done and i don't know what that person is capable of so out of fear and protecting myself i'm choosing not to associate myself with them and tread a thin line and be very careful and that's the hard thing about boundaries like setting boundaries with people because honestly jesus as far as i know really never set any boundaries with people other than he would go off and spend time alone with the Lord in the wilderness in prayer. And I don't hear any stories about the disciples or anyone coming to bother him when he was doing those times, right? But he was willing to stop and talk to just to anyone and made time for them and made them feel welcome, special, appreciated, valued the woman who touched him that had the bleeding problem who touched the hem of his garment he's like who touched me you know he washed um, people's feet <laughs> um, anyway I'm pretty sure he got annoyed with the disciples at times and I admit I'm not Jesus so I need his help to be more like him in these areas a lot of times I'm so focused on my agenda for the day and making money and want to like really live a very safe life a guarded life where like in like one other story there's this guy named um, david wilkerson i encourage you to look him up there's a book called the cross and the switchblade and they did a movie as well based on his life you can watch it on youtube for free and, um, yeah, dude left his comfortable, he was living in some rural town in, near Pittsburgh, I think, anyway, somewhere on the east coast, in like this rural, small town, very comfortable lifestyle, probably predominantly, a lot of white folks, he was a corny, like, he, at least in the movie, he looks like this square, corny white dude, right, And he was watching the news one night and saw this story about these boys who were being tried for murder, and he felt God compel his heart to go to New York to help these boys. And when he gets there, I don't even think he even found them. He ended up helping some other kids, right? Anyway, he starts working with, like, all these people that are, like, former drug dealers or who were at the time drug dealers and gang members, and, like, he totally had the spirit of God on him, like, (laughs) to be able to do what he did, And, and the cool thing is he, um, the cool thing about it is he didn't, like, try to fit in with them or well, what how do I say this? Like at least in the movie and in the book, like he didn't like try to like change up his personality to, or try to be all cool and rap like them or partake like wear their clothes. He was just being himself and preaching the gospel to these guys and these women. Because um, there's a woman in there that was a drug addict and she has an amazing testimony when. She went back to one of the drug houses and took a hit of um, cocaine, one of them drugs, but somehow it didn't have an effect on her. It was like nothing but the Holy Spirit that blocked her body from experiencing the high. She almost thought the dude gave her some fake drugs. He's like, no, this is the real deal. It's pure stuff. Anyway, just this one man's yes to the Lord. And having a wife that was under willing to understand and support him, Cause I think he had kids too. I need to read more about that story. I'm sure there's more details, but my main point is just saying, like, I recognize in myself at times that I deal with a lot of fear. Um, that stops me from being more bold when i feel like the holy spirit is prompting me to say something or do something uh encourage someone love someone share the gospel with them even just simply say jesus loves you or be his hands and feet and do something to serve somebody and and i definitely struggle with like oh man this person's gonna want me to be their long-term friend you know um I don't know, at times, yeah, I don't do very well with pastoring people or discipling people. I feel more, my gifting is more evangelism. Like, hey, I'm going to tell you about the gospel. I'm going to do a few things, say a few things, and then I'm dipping out. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I'm just being honest. Like, when it comes to the discipling and pastoring, that stuff gets ugly. Like, you're dealing with people's junk like you have to be willing to get dirty like david Wilkerson did and anyway that is cool he has a whole church in new york called times square church david Wilkerson has passed away he passed away about five years ago i think uh, he was in a car accident of all things and uh i think it was a car accident but anyway that church is still going and a lot of the uh former drug and gang members are like lead pastors now at that church. So, anyway, let me finish this note. Where was I? (sighs) Those who walk in the light from God's face live in intimate fellowship, with him. Thus they rejoice in him. The covenant with David will be kept forever through his seed, the Messiah. God will give his king his strength, faithfulness, and power. The Messiah's kingdom will be universal and unconquerable. In spite of the failure of the Davidic kings, the Lord assured David that his offspring would continue forever. Ultimately, his promises would be kept through Jesus Christ. The sinfulness of humanity can't prevent God from accomplishing his sovereign goals. Yeah, so even though we see so much sin running rampant in our society and so much craziness, um, God's agenda still is going to uh go forward, go forth. The reason the writer is anxious to affirm God's faithfulness is to unconditional is his unconditional covenant promise in this psalm. Um, let me go back. The reason the writer is anxious to affirm God's faithfulness to his unconditional covenant promise in the psalm in this psalm is that it seemed that God had cast off the Davidic line one after another of David's sons had been unfaithful until finally. God allowed Jerusalem to be overrun and David's throne to be overthrown. The sins of the kings and the people had resulted in shame. Had God's judgment trumped his promises? No. Never does. Just because you may be experiencing God's discipline or his judgment doesn't mean that his promises don't still belong to you and can be fulfilled through you heavenly father i just thank you for this word i thank you for this day i thank you all that you're a good father you're a gracious father i know when i look at my life and some of the things that have led from led up to me being in the situation i'm in god I can relate to the psalmist here where it feels like your promises, your judgments have trumped your promises, God. But I know that's not true. Thank you, Jesus, for sending your son Jesus to die for us. For people just like me, Lord, who've made all kinds of mistakes similar to the kings that came before David and the mistakes that David made while he was king. We thank you, Lord, that Jesus Jesus is the ultimate fulfillment of this promised king that would one day rule, that is currently ruling. Even though we can't see him, God, he is in complete complete authority of this world and this universe. <clears throat> thank you, God. We look forward to that day when we see this world perfect with no corruption. No more war, no more tears, no more crying, no more fears, no more heaviness, no more need to tell people about you, They'll just know you, no need to evangelize. But until then, God, empower us to be bold, empower us to uh, not walk in fear, to be led by your Spirit, because, Lord, I know that sometimes there are schemes of the enemy and traps of the enemy that can... It's a dangerous world out here. When you go to help people, Lord, not everyone has the best intentions. Some people could be one to looking to harm us, God, but we can't focus on that. We can't walk in fear. Well, when you prompt it on our whole our heart through the Holy Spirit to say something or do something to or to love on someone and be your hands and feet, Lord, I just pray, God, that your peace, your peace that surpasses all understanding will rule and reign in our hearts. pray we put on the helmet of salvation, we carry the sword of the Spirit in your word, the breastplate of righteousness that only comes from your Son, Jesus. We put on the shield of faith, the belt of truth, and the shoes of peace, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for this day. And thank you for all that you're going to do. In Jesus and as I go to talk to these people about this apartment, thank you, God, that you are with me. Your hand is with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. In Jesus' mighty precious name I pray. Amen. Alright, y'all. Have an amazing day and I will holla at you later, God willing.
1: Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, or missed the mark, or veered off the path, and fallen short of the glory of God, or God's perfect standard. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of the cost of that sin is death, or eternal separation from God. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans five 5.8 says, But God